Late Night Council is a production of Council Communications. This is Late Night Council. This is bigger. This is very big. There's definitely something here. Apparently, it's a big deal. It's all over the news. It's a real thing. A radio signal from another world. John Council. That's my grandpa. Well, your story is very compelling. Your chance to make history. That's pretty cool, I guess. Get it to me straight. John, you're in charge. How's it going? Are, are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes, the TV show Sherlock Holmes with Benedict Cumberbatch? I've become a fan, I have to confess. And there's, there's a, uh, in the, especially in the third season, this phrase keeps cropping up on that TV series. Miss me? And it refers to Moriarty, his, you know, his arch villain. So it came to mind. I, I, it's been like f- almost four weeks. In fact, one day short of four weeks. This is live, folks. This is August the 28th, it's 9.03 p.m., and I'm going to be yakking your ear off till 11 o'clock tonight. Now, hopefully I'm going to have some interaction with you. Hopefully you're going to get ticked off with something I say, and you're going to call in and, and hold me to account for it. Or you're going to hear something I say and, th- and think, wow, that's amazing. i got to tell him how wonderful a job he did dealing with that topic. Or... You're going to call in and, you know, John, you missed something here and you're not thinking about this and we need to talk about whatever's on your mind. It's open line, open topic, as it always is on Sunday nights on this broadcast. If you're calling from the Capital Region, 343-700-4390. That's your number, 343-700-4390. If you're calling from faraway places like Goobies, Newfoundland, or Bean Blossom, Indiana, or Baker's Choice, Delaware, or Jack, Missouri, 1-844-562-4766 is the long-distance number. That's 1-844-562-4766, whatever's on your mind. We do strictly the Ask the Pastor format on Late Night Council. Some of you that might be tuning in that haven't heard me since I've been online, maybe the last time you heard Late Night Council was when I was on the big news station. Well, it used to be the big news station here in the city. It's kind of new now, okay? I only do Ask the Pastor format because that's the only that's the only real stomach I have to comment on anything. I think the world has gotten so crazy, it's gotten so nuts that any political commentary... I suspect, and I don't really care about, the only hope for the world is the one who created the world. And that's what, you know, we kind of center, ask the pastor on. Although we talk about just about anything, don't we? And I always try to give you the biblical perspective on it. I always try to give you the faith perspective on it. And if you've got, you know, if you've missed the show and maybe you've been itching to say something because, you know, there hasn't, I, you've been listening to reruns of the shows and we picked the best ones we could, you know, to fill in the time here. For those of you that like tuning in at this time slot between 9 and 11 on Sunday night, Eastern time, uh, it's live now. And if you've got something to say, you call in. Or maybe there's something happened in the last three or four weeks that you didn't hear my take on it and you want to, you don't want to go uh, to the moon on it. 343-700-4390 in the Capital Region. That's 343 
1-844-562-4766. That is the long distance line. If it helps you to remember by remembering one eight four four lnc is on, well then hopefully you're going to be on, okay? one eight four four lnc is on or 562-4766. You can email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com. jc at latenightcouncil.com. You can Tweet at me at JW Council. I'll be scanning those other venues throughout the program to see if there's any airworthy comments. If you're emailing me, it's got to be under six lines or I don't even look at it, okay? 343-700-4390 in the Ottawa area. one 562 is the long-distance line. For a good portion of three weeks, I was in California. I was in Burbank to visit my son and daughter-in-law. As you know, my son works for Disney. And uh, he's doing very, very well there. And uh, we spent a good 12 days. This is the longest I've ever spent in L.A. in my, well, yeah, in my life, just in L.A. I mean, I was out in California for two weeks back when I was a kid. But uh, concentrating in L.A. for a good long time. So, you know, I didn't go out on the motorcycle this year. Because when you go out on the motorcycle, it's four days to get there. You're four days there and four days back. You're pretty much bag when you're out there. It's a great trip, and I'd love to do it again sometime. But, boy, I'll tell you. Going out there and, and, and kicking back and having some fun. It was it was really, really good. So my son, Mitch, um, he always takes us on a tour of Disney animation to show us all the latest stuff. And if you're caught with a camera there or if you're seen, you know, uh, using your iPhone to take pictures, they usher you out and... Uh, you know, everything's top secret. It's almost like it's almost like the CIA in Langley, Virginia, man. I mean, like it is like top secret. So I got privy to all this stuff that's coming down the pike in the next year or two. Very, very cool stuff. Okay. Now, why am I telling you this? Because I had an encounter with somebody that I didn't expect. I've already tweeted about this. I tweeted about this while I was on vacation. I was still putting out some photos and tweeting some stuff out there. Those of you that follow me on Twitter, you know what's coming here. We leave Disney Animation about, oh, about uh, 10 o'clock at night. And uh, uh, it's in Burbank. It's very urban. I mean, like, L.A. County is just like, you know, a, a thousand square miles of just nonstop city. You can't imagine if you've never been there before. It's huge as far as the size. It's one's, it, it, L.A. is not one big city. It's like 200 cities all stuck together, and they all have different neighborhoods and different personalities, and they're all very urban, and Burbank is no exception. But what is an exception is that right next to Burbank, if you can believe it, is an equestrian area. Where there you can do horseback riding, and my wife who loves horses, she's done horseback riding there, and and there are horse yards just you know within walking distance of of uh, Disney Animation, so it's it's ten at night. We're walking down Riverside Drive where uh, Disney Animation is located, and about fifty feet ahead of us, we see this guy who's walking his horse on the sidewalk. Okay. And there's a couple other people with him. And I say to Heather, well, that's something you don't normally see that, you know, the, uh, this time of night or any time of day. And she says, really? And we're walking closer to him and we get talking to this guy. He's a little bit eccentric. I find out that he owns one of the only homes in the area that Disney doesn't own uh, because, you know, they house a lot of their executives in, in the area there. And uh, some uh, people that are hired on contract and they don't want to, you know, buy a home there. And uh, he owns the home. I can't remember. It was either right next to Disney or, or a door down. And it turns out that he rescues animals and turns them into therapy animals, therapy horses, therapy dogs. And I'm really fascinated with this guy. And I find out, you know, he's from San Francisco. And I think, oh, that's cool. And he's a baseball fan. And I, and I had just gone to an Angels game down there. We get talking baseball. And I ask him his name. He says, Joe. I said, Joe what? Because I want to look you up again. He says, Giuseppe. He says, DiMaggio. I says, really? I says, Any, yeah, he's my uncle. 
Here I am talking to Joe DiMaggio's uncle, who was about my age, and he was named after his uncle. And, I, I mean, I'm a pretty good baseball historian. I know my baseball history. I not only know about Joe DiMaggio and his 56-game hitting streak and the fact that he was the bridge between Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig and uh, Mickey Mantle, that he was married to Marilyn Monroe, that from the time Marilyn died till uh, uh, he died, uh, uh, once a month he sent fresh roses to her grave to, you know, till the day he died. I also knew that after Joe DiMaggio died, a couple biographies came out that were scathing. And they exposed him to be anything but, you know, the modern hero and the modern, you know, wonderful person that everybody thought he was. The guy was stingy. He was hard to work with. He was a miserable old cuss. And I also knew about his brothers, Vince DiMaggio and Dom DiMaggio. And I mentioned their names to Giuseppe, his, his, uh, his uh, 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 nephew. And when you know Joe's brother's names, Vince and Dom, it, like he knew right away I knew the family. And I was very, very respectful. But he opened up to me, and he told me what I already knew. He says, the family's not doing well at all. He says, pray for us. But what blew me away the most about Giuseppe DiMaggio, he started asking me questions. And he's connected to some of the ministries that, you know, we're connected with here in my church and, and my congregation here in uh, uh, Ottawa, like uh, the Dream Center down in Los Angeles, Homeboy Industries that you've heard me talk about on this broadcast. And apparently he's done work with these people, getting, you know, like uh, therapy animals for them. And I spent about 20 minutes with him, and the guy... I mean, one of the first rules of how to win friends and influence people is, you know, first of all, you got to take a genuine interest in people. You got to talk, get them talking about themselves. This guy, and I could have probed, I could have asked questions, but I was too respectful because I know, uh, you know, the serious issues within the, uh, you know, the uh, uh, DiMaggio family, and I didn't want to, didn't want to say anything. But he volunteered some things. But that guy spent more time wanting to know what I did on the radio and online, and what I wanted, to, what I was doing with my with my church here in Ottawa. Just totally, totally blown away, and it was, uh, it, it was quite. Uh, it was quite uh, remarkable, and we had a really, really good time talking to him because he lives there, because my son's going to be there for probably a few more years because he's doing so well. That's a guy I'm going to pursue. That's a guy I'm going to look up to. Hopefully, I can get a relationship going with him. I don't know, okay? Now, um, why am I bringing up on Ask the Pastor? Because I brought it up in my sermon this morning at Christ Church in Lower Town here in Ottawa. About, you know, I, I preached on a, on a, on a, on a the, the title was called The Finish Line. And finishing well. And it's more important how you finish than, than how you start. And DiMaggio is a textbook uh, uh, example of somebody who thought finished so well, but he really didn't. There was a lot of people that were angry with him. His own family, oh my goodness. And I don't want to go, I, I'm not telling you all the stuff that, you know, the Giuseppe volunteered to me because it wouldn't be respectful. But it's safe to say, things are not what they seem. And uh, the world promotes, you know, this this measuring stick of success that I think is really, really false. And uh, somebody who follows Christ, we live for one day for him to say to us, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. And, and you know, that's a pretty noble thing to strive for. Now, we're going to go. I, I got a tune. In fact, I want to play for you. I've got a couple great tunes tonight that I want to play. Well, there's a few. There's always a few. I've always got a lot in the hamper here. And uh, I am going to unabashedly make a make a, a plea tonight. Okay, I am using uh, the late night council, ask the pastor platform online here with all the people that are listening. I am I am going to use it for purposes that I think are noble tonight. And if you don't think they're noble, you call in and you you give me a piece of your mind and disagree or whatever. Okay, I need help. 
Okay? I need help. This is how I need help. Uh, For the last six months, I've been pouring my whole heart and soul into the most wonderful congregation I have ever pastored. I mean, the people that that, that God allows me to, to be, you know, uh, in partnership with in Christchurch, uh, Ottawa. And if you want to check us out, it's ChristchurchOttawa.com. We started, the whole thing started in my basement here as a prayer meeting. And we never even knew that it would develop into a church. In fact, I did not want to start a church because I know how much hard work it is. And it is a ton of work. But here's the good side. The thing is growing like crazy. We are in a little uh, a rented space in Jules Moran Park in Lower Town here in downtown Ottawa. And I'm speaking now. I know there's people listening all around the world right now because I can see the maps of where you're tuning in from. Okay, But I'm speaking now just for a second to people who live in the capital region. If anybody out there or you've got friends that know of any space that's available in the Lower Town area, okay, we are looking. We are desperate for space. I, I am leading a bunch of people, that, and I'm in partnership with a bunch of people who are hot-wired to minister to the poor, minister to the mentally ill, minister to uh, children particularly. And we're in an area that is chock-full teeming with thousands of kids, and we want, we want to bless that area. We want to make that, that neighborhood a better place, and we've learned that the best, place, the best way to make a neighborhood a better place is to have people discover how powerful and how wonderful Jesus can be. And if anybody in the Ottawa area knows of any space, any churches that have open facilities, any uh, community centers, and we, we we thought we knew, you know, all the ones that are available, but there may be ones that we haven't found. If you know of any space that's available, please get a hold of us, okay? Get a hold of me at jc at latenightcouncil.com. Now, it's the same email address we use for the radio. That's the one. I, that's the only email address I use, jc at latenightcouncil.com. If you have any uh, uh, leads on space that's available for, you know, a, not a ridiculous over-the-top price. Uh, I want to talk to you, and, and I'm going to use every venue of communication I can, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. We are so packed out that we're, 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 we're past the legal limit that's allowed in that facility, and you can't turn people away when they want to come to church. And the thing is thriving, and it's doing great, but it's a pretty healthy problem to have. So uh, give us a call. i got all kinds of stuff to talk about. Now, if you uh, were, uh, follow me on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, you know that I put out just about every topic I want to talk about about tonight i put out all of the links to every article that i want to refer to tonight so you can read all of them and know i'm not quoting any of them out of context and we're gonna have a great night i have a ton of stuff to talk about tonight uh including uh when we get back when we get back i want to talk about uh, uh the gay pride parade we had here in ottawa and of course prime minister trudeau uh never misses uh those parades uh, he, he he loves them and uh, um, um, we had an incident that, that uh, is pretty, uh, I think, kind of unique, and it's probably unexpected. So this is what we're going to do. You're going to hear from our sponsors, okay? You're going to hear from our sponsors, and, and we want to make sure that, uh, you know, we get that uh, word out of the good people that keep this broadcast on the air. And then you're going to hear a familiar tune. That you've heard so many times, but you've only heard, if you've heard that familiar term, ter, uh, tune, 99% of you, the tune you're going to hear after our, our uh, commercial, 99% of you, the tune you're going to hear, you've only ever heard, I can guarantee right now, you have only ever heard, oh, maybe 45 seconds of that tune. Tonight, you're going to hear the full version. 
You'll know the tune when it starts, and you'll think you're listening to another program, but it's, it's, a, it's a tune that all of you, I guarantee all of you know, but it's pretty appropriate to what we're talking about tonight, especially with what we've led, on, uh, led the program with tonight. We're going to have a great time. This is Late Night Council. You stay with us. EMM Group is the authorized Integraspec distributor for the Greater Ottawa area, providing technically advanced insulated concrete forms. The design virtually eliminates waste while providing the ultimate energy-efficient, quiet homes and structures. With over 40 years' experience in the concrete industry, EMM offers the best product to homeowners and contractors. Canadian-made Integraspec is now being used worldwide. More info can be found at Integraspec.com. Don't consider building any other way. Call your ICF specialist, 613-835-2600. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? All those nights when you've got no lights, the check is in the mail. By its tail, and your third fiance didn't show. Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name, and they're always glad you came. You wanna be where you can see our troubles are all the same. You wanna be where everybody knows your name. Mr. Coffee's dead. The morning's looking bright. Morning's looking bright. And your shrink ran off to Europe and didn't even write. And your husband wants to be a girl. Be glad there's one place in the world where everybody knows your name. Now, of course, that's the Cheers theme, the full version of it. And I believe that version is done by the rock band Fish, P-H-I-S-H. I love Fish. They're a terrific band. 
And uh, whenever I hear that tune, I always think, you know what? That's got to be one of the best theme songs for a church because that's exactly what a church should be. I have said for years that bars do a bang-up business because churches are doing such a lousy job. People go to bars for acceptance. People go to bars because they like hanging out. People go to bars to get their social needs met. And I think too often, you know, when they want to get their social needs met and they want to hang out and they go to a church and they get judgment and they get rules and regulations, they get anything but the grace of God. They get anything but the joy of the Lord. They get anything but the life that that Christ said he came to give us, life unto the full. Cell phones and iPhones are great. And my church doesn't have, my, our new church, because we're just starting out, we don't have a church office yet. But the last three churches before, every church I pastored, because you can program your phone to play any tune you want, you know, when certain people call. And whenever my church would call me, I insisted on having that theme playing on my iPhone or my cell phone. Because I think that's what a church should be, a place where everybody knows your name, and they're always glad you came. I thought that was pretty appropriate, you know, with the line, wake up and Mr. Coffee's dead. That's the, that's the machine that Joe DiMaggio pushed when he was doing commercials back in the, oh, that, that, all, all the way back to the 70s for that. Let's ask the pastor on Late Night Council, what's on your mind? 343-743-90 in the capital region. 343-743-90. One eight four four five six two four seven six six is the long distance line. So I told you I wanted to talk about uh, the gay pride parade that was in uh, Ottawa today. A upstanding member, not just uh, you know like a, a, an adherent, not just somebody who's just showing up and checking us out, but an upstanding member of my church today. Listen to this. He was forced to drive a vehicle in the gay pride parade today, against his will. I mean, he just does not agree with it, doesn't want to be a part of it, thinks the lifestyle is wrong. He's a follower of Jesus Christ, so he understands what the Bible says about homosexuality. But he also knew if he said no, he would have lost his job. How do you like that? Forced to do something against your convictions, against your will, and you can't even express dissent. You can't say, well, it goes against my religious views. Because he's a Christian. Now, if it was something that, you know, that offended him and the guy was uh, a Muslim or a Hindu or, you know, or an atheist or whatever, would he have been given the same commendation? In my opinion, I don't think so. I really don't. He was afraid of losing his job. And he's very careful what he says on the job. I think the hateful bigotry against even the most compassionate and respectful disagreement with homosexuality in our culture is, in, is increasing. It really is. I think it's nothing but hateful bigotry, and it needs to be exposed for what it is. I have uh, quoted the words of uh, the Cardinal of Chicago. He died in uh, 2012, five years ago. It's five years ago, and he was saying this. And it's gotten, he has been prophetic in his words, and I think I don't see any reason why his prophetic words are not going to come true. He was on his deathbed, and he said, you know what? I'm going to die in a hospital. This is the Cardinal of Chicago, okay? The Diocese of Chicago. I'm going to die in a, in a hospital bed. My successor will probably die in prison. And his successor will probably be executed in the public square. 
for simply voicing disapproval of something the Bible calls depraved and perverted. And he was a very active spokesperson, you know, for biblical truth and what the Bible actually says about the things that we are told we have to promote and we have to adhere to and we cannot criticize or, you know, sooner or later, um, I'm going to be thrown in prison for it. I believe that. I've been saying that for four or five years. Please call and tell me why you think it won't come to that. I don't see any movement afoot. There's a bit of pushback in the states, but there's always pushback there because, you know, they're all about individualism and rights. And I don't mean to criticize that at all because that, you know, that's got its strength and its power. But in Canada, do you see any pushback? I don't. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I'm just, you know, calling it the way I see it. And if you see it differently, I want to hear from you tonight. Three times, three times the Bible says, okay, in Psalm 97.10, and I'm giving you the references in case you want to listen to the podcast again and write them down or even write them down as I'm talking. Three times the Bible says, hate evil, hate evil. Psalm 97.10, Proverbs 8.13, Amos 5.15. And that's just, the, that's just the phrase, you know, hate evil. If you want to be wise, if you want to know God, if you want to, you know, have the blessing, you've got to hate evil. It doesn't say, in fact, it says we're supposed to love evildoers. Jesus laid down his life for sinners. But it's pretty clear that sin is something that we that that we hate. But do you see what's happening in our culture? Evil is being redefined in such Orwellian fashion. Language is being twisted to malign anyone who isn't goose-stepping to modern mantras. What do I mean by modern mantras? Well, you know, the politically correct terms of the day. I mean, we hear about tolerance all the time. Tolerance, tolerance, tolerance. And intolerance, intolerance, if you go by the way, you know, the media presents it and our politicians promote it, and they say things to get elected, okay? They'll say anything to get elected. They'll say anything to get power. And I'm convinced that many of them go in to politics, you know, uh, uh, with good motives, but then they see what compromises have to be made to maintain and to get power, and they gladly shelve their convictions. I mean, if you're painted as intolerant, if you're not for everything that everybody else is for, you're not going to get elected in North America right now. Intolerance is more heinous, more heinous than outright murder and rape in our culture, especially in, in Europe where we've got an Islamist invasion that, you know, that uh, uh, all of the leaders and most of media has uh, been fooled into thinking it's some type of migration. It's not migration at all. It's an invasion. And they're, they're, they're having their way. I'm typical in Europe, and it's happened so often, you can look up just about any story, you know, when an Islamist terrorist you know, kills 10, 15 people or, or five people by running them over or knifing them or going crazy and yelling at the top of his lungs, you know, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. The way the media handles it, widespread in, in, in Europe, is they're more concerned about the intolerance and people speaking ill of Islam than they are about the fact that they got people randomly killing people or in certain uh, uh, sections of England raping hundreds and hundreds of girls and the police and the media don't even acknowledge it. And they know, they know it's happening. I haven't said it yet. We're almost a half hour into the program. It's Romans 1, 18 to 32. 
I would trust that uh, the listeners to this broadcast have got that memorized by now. Romans 1, 1832, perfectly describes, perfectly describes, you know, the culture that we're living in. Disagree? Agree? I want to hear from you. 343-700-4390 in the capital region. 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766. That's 1-844-562-4766. JC at Late Night Council is the email address. Going to go there as soon as I can. See if anything worthy can be brought to the air. You can tweet at me at JW Council. We're open line, open topic all the way to 11 o'clock. I got so much stuff to talk about. You know what I'm going to talk about when we get back? How about a biblical perspective on something that's going on in the NFL? Oh, there's a lot of political garbage going on in the NFL right now. The National Football League. Football players, you know, sitting down, you know, when the National Anthem is played because they want to make a political statement. And there's a few voices in the NFL that are really shaking some things up for good, for good. It's, it's a positive story when we come back, okay? And I might throw in a tune there while we're uh, taking a quick break. You stay with us. EMM Group is the authorized Integraspec distributor for the greater Ottawa area, providing technically advanced insulated concrete farms. The design virtually eliminates waste while providing the ultimate energy-efficient, quiet homes and structures. With over 40 years' experience in the concrete industry, EMM offers the best product to homeowners and contractors. Canadian-made Integraspec is now being used worldwide. More info can be found at Integraspec.com. Don't consider building any other way. Call your ICF specialist, 613-835-2600. How's that for a short break, huh? Did you like that? Well, John, how come we can't have more of those? Well, you know, it's, it's easier when we got calls coming in and emails coming in. But Hey, I've been off air for three weeks, so, you know, uh, there's been a buildup of things I have to talk about. So I'm, I'm raring to go tonight, okay? And Diana sent me an email. Thank you, Diana. I figured this was going to come up. And, Diana, I'm warning you before I answer your query here tonight, you're probably not going to like my answer, Okay. Um, and you'll understand why. You're not going to be mad at me. In fact, if you're mad at me after the answer I give, you have issues. Uh, but I think you're going to be okay with me. You're just not going to like my answer that much. Here it comes. Hi, John. I was wondering if you can give us any biblical perspective on the recent total solar eclipse. When I was down in Kentucky to view the total eclipse, I noticed that there were some churches that were given seminars about the eclipse. <laughs> really? Churches giving seminars about the eclipse? What in the world were they talking about? Because I know what the Bible teaches. There's, it says, diddly squat. I mean nothing about eclipses. It talks about signs in the sky in the last days, okay? But I don't think that's talking about eclipses at all because eclipses are something that have been common uh, since the dawn of creation. And and I I can't see any... I can't see any uh, reason 
to get apocalyptic or, I mean, uh, John Hagee was flogging the whole idea of three blood moons and everybody thought Jesus was coming, you know, when he was talking about that. Now, he, he never led them to believe that. But his style of teaching breeds that kind of stuff and pushes that kind of stuff. I don't mean to criticize the guy, but I wish these I wish these prophecy teachers would read Acts one seven when the disciples were all anxious about when Jesus was going to set up his kingdom and throw out the Italians and and be the Messiah like the Old Testament predicts he's supposed to be, and he tells them it's not for you. Here's the here's the most powerful authoritative prophecy verse in the Bible. Acts one seven. It's not for you to know the times and the seasons that the Father has set up for his coming. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses. In other words, get busy doing what I've equipped you to do. Don't worry about when Jesus is going to come. He's going to come whether you can figure it out or not. Okay? And I can't believe, I honestly can't believe, that the fact that I've got some news from an emailer tonight that they were holding seminars in churches about the eclipse, I would suggest that those churches are wasting their time. Okay, I would suggest that they're probably having jack squat, you know, impact in their communities to people who are suffering and needy and need the gospel of God and the love of God to transform their lives. If you're that concerned about teaching on eclipses, oh, come on. And I know there's nothing in the Bible about it. So anybody that's teaching in a church about eclipses is pulling things. They're straining at gnats, man. That's a stretch, boy. That's a real stretch. Diana, I hope you're not upset with me. But that's my answer. 343-700-4390 is the Capital Region line. That's 343-700-4390. is the long-distance line. Um, now, I've been told that my chair is squeaking here, and it gets picked up on the air, okay? Is that true? If that's true, somebody email me in, or text me and not text me, uh, tweet, tweet at me and, and, and let me know. Yeah, John, your chair's squeaking in the background all the time. And I don't know where to put the oil in this thing because I got this from Costco you know, when we opened up the studio here about seven, eight months ago, and I love this thing. I got a good deal on it, but I, I don't know. I do hear it squeaking, so if I'm here it squeaking, maybe you hear it squeaking too. You know, let me know. Yeah, watch. I'll get more emails over my squeaky chair than any of the topics I'm talking about tonight. I don't know what it is. Maybe you people like listening to me more than you like listening to the way I handle calls. I don't know. I won't know unless you call in. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. One eight four four five six two four seven six six is the long distance line. I said that I wanted to uh, give you a little bit of uh, uh, NFL football when you came back. Okay, me being you know sports nut. NFL season opener is uh, uh, less than two weeks away. Well, what about the CFL, John? We've already started football here. Listen, folks, I don't mean to offend anybody, and I love the Ottawa Red Blacks, but it's minor league football. Okay, there isn't anybody in the CFL that wouldn't give their you know the. Uh, uh, any one of their toes in the CFL to play in the NFL. They all want to get in the NFL. They're a far superior league. Mixed up, crazy, you know, certainly not perfect, but the NFL is the big time. Most watched sport and uh, makes more money than any other sport in, in, in North America, especially when it comes to gambling, which, of course, I'm not condoning, but it is what it is, isn't it? Okay? So NFL season opener is less than two weeks away. Colin Kaepernick, you've probably heard of the guy, the former uh, uh, San Francisco 49er quarterback who was a great star at the time and at one time was telling people that he was a follower of Christ. About three years ago, he started dating a Muslim girl, and his personality started changing. 
And uh, last year he got he was on the cover of Time magazine, I think, or, or major periodicals for sitting down during the national anthem to protest and be a part of Black Lives Matter. Okay. And uh, he's a free agent over the offseason, and nobody has signed him. Now, he's still a pretty good quarterback. He's considered one of the top 25 quarterbacks in the NFL still, okay? And hard, quarterbacks are pretty hard to come by. But nobody will sign this guy. You know, they all parade the, the, the thought of being, you know, politically correct and everything. But when it comes right down to it, they don't want the trouble, okay? And I'm quite happy at that because, I mean, this guy makes eight, nine, ten million bucks, and he's criticizing a country that has given him the opportunity, the freedom to make that kind of money per year. That's just my opinion, though. I mean, sit down and shut up. Now, this is Ask the Pastor. Why am I bringing it in? Well, I'll tell you why. Because not all the political garbage that, you know, you see promoted in so many walks of life, including sports and entertainment, is, is necessarily bad stuff. The problem is the media usually disregards the good stuff. In fact, they always disregard the stuff that go against their own morality and goes against the values that they're trying to promote, okay? The kind of values that if you criticize them, they want you put in prison, Okay. So, I am happy to tell you about the Baltimore Ravens tight end, Ben Watson, okay? This guy, I mean, you talk about being bold in the culture that we're in, okay? He's, and he's not a slouch player. He's a very valuable member of the, of the uh, uh, Baltimore Ravens. He's black, okay? Do you know what he came out with earlier in the year, about a few months ago? Now, it, this is not old news because it's become more recent because an even higher profile black member of the NFL community has commented on this line that Ben Watson is being known for uh, across North America now. This is what he says. He says, black lives don't matter when we abort our children. Don't you love that? Doesn't that make sense? Black lives don't matter when we abort our children. Okay, now, a few months ago on Facebook, okay, this is what he put out a few months ago. Black lives don't matter when we support and engage in the termination of our most important resource and our hope for a brighter future, our unborn children. Now, those of you that follow Christ, you would hear that and you applaud that and go, that's great. Well, let me tell you something. Those are big time fighting words. You know, if you're a... a you know, if you're in the media, and if you're uh, uh, somebody who is uh, um, somebody who is uh, uh, in the public eye a lot, now the reason I'm bringing it up is because NFL Hall of Famer Tony Dungy. Anybody know who Tony Dungy is? You sports fans know who he is. Tony Dungy used to uh, coach the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers, and uh, then he landed a job with the Indianapolis Colts, led them to a Super Bowl. Peyton Manning was his quarterback. And Tony Dungy, ever since then, and everybody loves Tony Dungy because he's a stand-up guy, and he's a very, very powerful biblical Christian. His son committed suicide. Oh, about three or four years ago. And you could imagine what that did to him as a father and the way he talked about it and how he's given his time to help other people that, you know, are suffering with mental illness. And, 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 you know, putting out, I think, in my opinion, a really, really solid good testimony and a credible uh, example of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Tony Dungy, and since he left football, he's been uh, one of the highest profile broadcasters for the NFL networks on Fox, on CBS, and all those stations that carry football games. Uh, you know, he's the guy that provides analysis because he knows the game, okay? But he's a great guy. Everybody loves him. Well, Tony Dungy, well, I'll read you the news report that came off of Christian Report. And again, I, I tweeted out all the links for these articles on Twitter and on the Facebook page, the Late Night Council Facebook page. You want to read the entire article, uh, you should, Okay. National Football League Hall of Famer Tony Dungy has applauded 
Baltimore Ravens tight end Benjamin Watson, an outspoken Christian for his widely read comments opposing abortion and Planned Parenthood. And this is what they quote Tony Dungy. He says, I applaud my brother, Ben Watson, for speaking the truth on a controversial issue. Thank you. That's what Dungy tweeted out just last week. Okay? Now, Watson did not hold back in communicating what he thinks of Planned Parenthood, the nation's largest abortion provider, which kills over 300,000 unborn babies each year. Well, you're going you're gonna to prove him wrong here? You want to call in here? In the interview, okay, he was interviewed, Watson went into great t- detail about how race plays a role when it comes to the issue of abortion. Now, not, hardly any of the news people are covering the stuff you're going to hear here, okay? Because this exposes the whole abortion thing and women's rights for the big scam and sham that it is, okay? And I think it's fantastic that a contemporary black hero in the States is saying what he's saying here, okay? That's the way he says. He said, people forget about how race plays a role when it comes to the issue of abortion and pointed out that Planned Parenthood was founded by Margaret Sanger, who is often accused of being a racist and eugenicist. Well, according to her own writing, she admitted so. That's my italics at. Back to the article. I do know that blacks kind of represent a large portion of the abortions. And I do know that, honestly, the whole idea with Planned Parenthood and Sanger in the past was to exterminate blacks. And it's kind of ironic that it's working, Watson asserted. We, as minorities, support candidates and overwhelmingly support the idea of having Planned Parenthood and the like, and yet that is why she created it. Watson added in the interview that minorities are buying into the idea of abortion hook, line, and sinker like it's a great thing. It's just amazing to me, and abortion saddens me. This is Ben Watson talking. It's just amazing to me, and abortion saddens me, period. But it seems to be something that is really pushed on minorities and provided to minorities, especially as something that they should do. In the public, it seems to be painted that when minorities get pregnant, they, should, they need to get abortions, especially when it comes to teen pregnancy. Hey, listen, prove him wrong. I mean, if you think he's, uh, you know, uh, got his facts wrong, I would love to hear from you tonight. Because in today's Christophobic environment, it's only a matter of time, and this is why I'm concerned, it's only a matter of time before Tony Dungy, who's one of the most respected and revered and loved broadcasters in the NFL broadcast, it's only a matter of time before he loses his job. Because he has sanctioned this kind of discussion, and he's applauding it. There are people that have lost just as high-profile jobs simply because I think one of the glaring examples is one of the uh, uh, founders and the CEOs of one of the uh, – and the, the name slips me. Somebody may be emailing and, and, uh, and uh, uh, tweeting in to remind me of, of who the company was and the guy that uh, founded and, and was the CEO of one of the, the, the um, – uh, biggest and major high-tech companies based in California, and they went back five years, and they found out that this guy, no, 10 years, and they found out that this guy contributed $1,000 to the pro-marriage uh, argument in California that was against sanctioning same-sex marriage. This guy's a Christian, and he, he gave $1,000 to the cause. Somebody found out about it nine, 10 years later, and they had the guy fired, fired, simply for disagreeing with you know uh, the the uh, the the popular opinion on same sex marriage, and this is one of the things that you can get fired for now. So I I pray for Tony Dungy. I mean he's he's walking a thin line. You can't even sanction things like this, and you're going to be in trouble. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. 
That's 343-743-90 in the Capital Region. 1-844-1844-5624-7666 is the long-distance line. It's Late Night Council. It's Ask the Pastor. It's open line, open topic. I've got all kinds of stuff to fill the entire two hours but I like to hear from you. It always makes the show, in my opinion, far more exciting and listenable. And, uh, you know, but again, again, it's okay to just listen to me and do not call in. Do not call in because you think I need callers. I don't need callers, okay? I like callers, but I don't need them. If you need callers, you shouldn't be on talk radio, okay? I've said that for years. But if you've got something worthy to say, if you got something that, you know, you think the rest of us that are listening would really like to hear about and talk about, or you think I need to be taken to task on something, I don't know, you give me a call, 343-743-90. That's 343-743-90. is long distance. I might throw a tune in there. I don't know what's going to happen. You'll hear from our sponsors. And uh, I, I can tell you right now, summer's almost over. In fact, yeah, summer's almost over. We go back to school a week from tomorrow. My wife, who's, you know, becoming a principal, she's got to go back tomorrow. So I think I'm going to play a tune after we hear from our sponsors. You stay with us. EMM Group is the authorized Integraspec distributor for the greater Ottawa area, providing technically advanced insulated concrete forms. The design virtually eliminates waste while providing the ultimate energy-efficient, quiet homes and structures. With over 40 years' experience in the concrete industry, EMM offers the best product to homeowners and contractors. Canadian-made Integraspec is now being used worldwide. More info can be found at Integraspec.com. Don't consider building any other way. Call your ICF specialist, 613-835-2600.
So uh, is a million vacations all you've got in mind? What you got a week left? One of the most underrated bands in history, Max Webster. Most people have heard of Kim Mitchell. Well, that was Kim Mitchell's band before he went solo with Kim Mitchell. I remember when that came out. It was the summer, I think, of 79 or 80. I can't wait to get away. <laughs> Welcome back to Late Night Council. 343-743-90. If you want to join us in the Capital Region, that's 343-743-90. You don't even have to punch the one in there first. But if you are listening anywhere else in the world, you got to do the one first. 1-844-562-4766. That's 1-844-562-4766. Now, Diane, is, Diane has gotten back about my response about churches in Kentucky teaching on the eclipse. I like her response. She says, I was pretty sure that it seemed unusual for the churches that I saw to get on the Eclipse bandwagon and offer seminars on the topic. <laughs> yeah, it, I would, you know, you're being kind, Diana, by saying, you know, it was, uh, uh, you know, it was, uh, you're being uh, kind by thinking it was unusual. I think it's just plain dumb, really dumb. I think they're hard up for truth, and they're probably, you know, not fulfilling the mandate that they should be as far as, you know, uh, being a good, uh, healthy church that's uh, making a difference. Here's a good test of your church, okay? If your church building and all the people just disappeared one day and they were gone, how much would the neighborhood miss them? There's a good measuring stick of how affected that that church is. Because if they're just going there every Sunday doing their religious thing and doing their tradition and their rituals and everything, I would suggest that nobody would miss them. How much did they impact their neighborhood? How much did they impact uh, their community for good? I think that's a good, that's a fair measuring stick, don't you think? I think it is. 343-743-90, And Michael um, uh, uh, emailed me and said, John, love your squeaky chair. So I guess the, the, the squeaky chair is coming through and... Uh, Maybe it means there's life here. I don't know. Whatever's on your mind, jc at latenightcouncil.com. It's got to be under six lines. You can email me, jc at latenightcouncil.com. Or you can tweet at me, at uh, jwcouncil. Are you on Twitter? I love Twitter. Twitter is, like, Twitter can be just horribly bad and caustic and mean, and it can also have wonderful, wonderful things on it. I only follow 109 people on Twitter. That's all I follow. I, I know people. I have friends that follow thousands. Thousands. How do you follow thousands of people on Twitter? I've whined about this before. But somebody I've been following recently. Have you ever heard of Jenna Jameson? Oh, you have, eh? Well, maybe that's not somebody you should have heard of. Jenna Jameson, one of the highest profile and popular porn stars in history. John, what's a pastor doing following Jenna Jameson. Well, Jenna J- and you, you check her out. I'm looking at her Twitter. Jenna Jameson, you can find her on, on Twitter. Pretty easy, okay? Her, her name is spelled Jenna Jameson, Jameson, not Jameson. Jame- it's pronounced Jameson, but it's spelled Jameson, okay? She has gotten married. She has embraced her Jewish faith. And I'm telling you, she can be crude sometimes, but you talk about turning you talk about turning a new leaf and taking on some of the immoral garbage that promotes itself as being so wonderful that we should all embrace it. I mean, she's making statements. She almost sounds like a like a Bible believe I know she's not a Bible believing Christian, but I can't believe the morality that comes out of this woman. 
I, it's, it's remarkable. I mean, her views on the family, her views against abortion, her views, you know, there are few people on Twitter that are promoting biblical morality more than Jenna Jameson is. The irony of it just blows me away. She's worth checking out. And I don't, I, I don't mean her past, okay? I mean, there's enough of that garbage that, you know, to, to snag you in that you, don't, you want to run a million miles away from that. And I've even been intrigued on how people bring up her past and how she handles them. And, and it, it's, I'll tell you, she handles them with class, and at the same time, she exposes a lot of the hypocrites for what they are. Anyway, you might look her up and say, John, how could you promote something? I go, well, check it out. I want to hear from you, okay? 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. A lot of good news happening, too. I like telling you about good news. And this one, I don't know how to, I don't know how to decipher this yet. Maybe you can help me, you know, and, and tell me what you think of this, okay? Um, have you ever heard of Louis Farrakhan, okay? Now, you're listening to a, 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 a kind of a pseudo-news talk radio show right now. I mean, I've spent my entire life working in, in you know, w- with uh, news agencies. And uh, I, most people that listen to talk radio, even if it's one unique like this where I, I give you the biblical perspective, most of you are clued into the news. So most of you know who Louis Farrakhan is. Louis Farrakhan is the leader of the Nation of Islam, which is sometimes referred to as the Black Muslims in uh, um, um in the States. They're basically based in the States. They have about 50,000 uh, devoted adherents worldwide, but a good 95% of them, 90% of them, are in the United States. And uh, Malcolm X was uh, uh, associated with them as well, uh, y- you know, before he was uh, gunned down. Now, why am I bringing him up? You, you think I'm bringing him up because, oh, he probably said something, you know, against Christians and promoting Islam. Oh, no. Oh, you, if you know anything about Louis Farrakhan, you're going to be blown away at what I'm going to share with you right now. Listen to this, okay? And I'm quoting this, and I, 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 I uh, tweeted out the link to the article. You need to read this article, okay? Reflecting on his inevitable physical death, leader of the Nation of Islam, Louis Farrakhan, and this guy has said some of the most hateful things against Jews and against Christians that you can imagine, Okay? Reflecting on his inevitable physical death, leader of the Nation of Islam, Louis Farrakhan, 84, declared in a controversial video recording last Tuesday that Jesus will save him from the grip of death despite his organization's creed that there is only one God whose proper name is Allah. Now, how do you like that? Now, don't think I'm necessarily buying what is selling, buying what he's selling here, but it seems authentic. I'm going to give you a little more of this here. It's, it's really incredible stuff, especially if you know Louis Farrakhan's background. The declaration came the day that Farrakhan was shown visiting Bishop Larry Trotter, a longtime pastor of Chicago's Sweet Holy Spirit Church, who was hospitalized last Wednesday with a serious illness following a trip to Israel. And here's Farrakhan again. I thank God for guiding me for 40 years. Absent my teacher. So my next journey will have to answer the question, and I'm going to say it. Farrakhan teased briefly on the clip before declaring, I know, listen to this, I know that my Redeemer liveth. He's quoting the Bible when he says that. I know that my Redeemer liveth. I know, I'm not guessing that my Jesus is alive. I know that my Redeemer liveth, and because he lives, I know that I too will pass through the portal of death, yet death will not afflict me. Wow. In the clip shared on Tuesday, Farrakhan appears to repent for the things that he has been teaching. This is what he also said. So I say to the devil, 
I know I got to pay a price for what I've been teaching all these years. You can have the money. You can have the clothes. You can have the suit. You can have the house. But me, you can't have, he declared. In an earlier clip of Farrakhan speaking to congregants at New Sunny Mount Missionary Baptist Church, apparently there's been churches that have been letting this guy speak in St. Louis, Missouri. This is a couple years ago. He appeared to be drawing closer to Jesus in the winter of his life. He said, the Jesus that I know, he came into the world to save us from our sins. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Okay, this is a video clip. And then he was, he was, he was kind of going after his critics that might be, you know, dissing what he's saying. Okay? Hey, they say, wait a minute, Farrakhan, I thought you was a Muslim. Yeah, Jesus was too. Now, I don't agree with them there, but listen to the rest of what he says here. You never read in the Bible where Jesus said, I'm a Christian. That's actually true, you know. He didn't say it in Matthew. He didn't say it in Mark. He didn't say it in Luke. He didn't say it in John. Well, what are you fighting over? I don't want to. I don't want to go here, Farrakhan, because he ain't no Christian. He don't love Jesus. Farrakhan said, mimicking his critics. Stop lying. I can prove to you that you don't love him. He said, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life." He never said he was Episcopalian or Catholic, but he is universal. Why do you fight each other over other over names he never used? Not bad. I'll tell you, that's not bad. And he's always been an incredibly articulate person. Problem is, up until the last, I guess, year or two, he said some pretty foul things. But to hear this coming out of his mouth here, I don't know what to think. And I don't think, I don't know how he can gain from, you know, doing a PR campaign to try to win over Christians. I actually think that in, in the, I'm hoping and praying that in the, in the searching of his heart and in, the, and in his openness, hopefully, that he's actually discovered something. I think he might finish very well. If what I'm reading here is true, if you've heard anything about this or you've read the article, because I didn't quote the whole article, and you want to talk about it or whatever else, I want to hear from you this. I think it's an exciting development. I think it's incredible. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. is the long distance line. Now, I wish I had that illustration of Louis Farrakhan. I wish I would have, could have used that as an illustration in my sermon this morning. The title of my sermon this morning was The Finish Line. Okay? And it's about finishing well. It doesn't matter how you start. It doesn't even matter... You know, it matters what you do in life, but what matters more than anything is how you finish. And uh, for about 15 years, I've known about uh, a tune by uh, uh, a Christian artist by the name of Steve Taylor, who's quite popular in Christian circles, uh, called The Finish Line. I've loved this tune for 15 years, but I never really quite figured it out who he was talking about. Is he talking about Jesus? Is he talking about somebody in the Old Testament? I don't know, okay? And it was about three or four months ago that I realized who he was talking about. This whole song and the song, and I ended the message this morning by playing this song called The Finish Line, okay? Now, I'm, this is not just filler here for uh, a Late Night Counselor. I want you to try and get the lyrics. If you can, you can look up the lyrics online, Stephen Taylor lyrics, because it, it's worth checking out, okay? The lyrics, or you can you can watch the video. There's a number of people that have made videos to this song because it's so powerful. I learned about three or four years ago, uh, three or four months ago, sorry, by listening and it finally cluing in who he's singing about. He's singing about himself. He's singing about his spiritual journey. And the person who's singing the song is a departed loved one on the other side. Could be his dad. Could be his mom. It could be somebody he was close to that he lost. And the person is watching his life. 
And he is talking about his life in this song, and it's called The Finish Line. It's about finishing well. And I'll tell you, I mean, I know I've got a you know pretty subjective perspective, you know, our church services, but boy, it was incredible this morning, the impact that tune had. And talking about what happens when we die and where our priorities should be. So uh, I'm going to take a break, okay? And I want you to listen to this tune. If you can make out the lyrics, great. If you could go online while you're listening, you go to Google and you can get the lyrics somewhere. You need to, to, to kind of digest this. This is pretty good stuff. And I think it's appropriate for what Louis Farrakhan is going through. I think it's appropriate for, you know, if you, if you, if you were uh, with us at the beginning of the program, when I talked about how Joe DiMaggio did not finish well and... A number of other people, you know, who have, uh, you know, made it really, really well, but boy, closing, finishing, it didn't work that well. So this is Steve Taylor, The Finish Line. Listen closely.
Just love that tune. And uh, if you're like me, I can't always make out the lyrics to a lot of tunes. And 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 it wasn't until I looked at the lyrics and saw what the guy was singing about that it just blew me away. Got it sized up pretty good of what it means to, you know, to give your life to Christ and, and try to follow him and, and, and finish well. Not bad. Not bad. Welcome back to Late Night Council. 343-700-4390. Well, you were listening the whole time to that tune, I could tell, because we didn't lose any we didn't lose any listeners while that tune was on. Good on you. Way to go. Good job. I mean, you know, sometimes I need a breather and I gotta put a tune on, but I always like to keep the tunes as relevant as I can, you know, to what we're talking about and listening to. And three four three seven hundred forty three ninety in the capital region. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. One eight four four five six two four seven six six. That's one eight four four five six two four seven six six. DMC, and you can follow him or her at Sunnyways 7 has just tweeted me. And in fact, I am retweeting this DMC so that people listening can uh, uh, share uh, what they think about this. Uh, the headline is re- reading, and it's from the Daily Mail in, in the United Kingdom. Christian girl forced into foster care with devout Muslims. What do you think about that? The girl who was white and native English speaker spent the past six months in two Muslim households after being placed into foster care. I, I guess, you know, the birth parents or whatever are, didn't intend that, but they couldn't do anything about it. And we know in Ontario, for instance, if you uh, indoctrinate, and we've got you know news stories that have covered this, if you are Christians and you uh, indoctrinate foster kids, and you take them to church or you tell them about Christianity, they can uh, the the Child and Family Services can uh, Children's Aid Society can take the kids away. They call that indoctrination now. Can you believe that? I've retweeted that. It's on Twitter now. You can read the article for yourself. I have not perused it. I don't know how authentic it is, but Daily uh, Mail UK is, is pretty credible for things like that. 343-700-439 if you want to comment on that or anything else we're yakking about or something that you know we think we, you, we need to yak about tonight on the, on the program. 343-700-4390. 
And one eight four four five six two four seven six six is the long distance line. You want me to lighten it up a little bit here? You want to have some fun? Let's have some fun here. I love I love telling people that I really like Justin Bieber. I do. I love to see people's reaction. People roll their eyes. Oh, I know. especially people my age and maybe ten years younger than me. Nobody likes Justin Bieber. In fact, there was a time when the only people that paid attention to him were twelve and thirteen year old girls. And I and I care less about his music. His music bores me to tears. Okay, it's I do not like the guy's music. But the kid, he's twenty four now or twenty three. The last three or four years, I, this kid has impressed me big time. He really has. Here's the latest. Justin Bieber, and again, I tweeted this article out there. You want to read it for yourself. Justin Bieber wants the world to know how cool it can be to worship God. The 23-year-old pop star took to Instagram this week to post a video of himself dancing for God with a group of young people. Nothing more fun slash cool than praising our God. Bieber captioned the Instagram video for his more than, listen to this, for his more than 91 million followers. There are 91 million people in the world that are listening to everything this guy says, and they take him seriously enough to follow him, and he's putting out tweets every day. Digest that. Now there's more. Let the devil know, not today. The devil has no power when you know the living God. That's what, this is Bieber. This is what he's been tweeting out. His name is Jesus. Why worry when you can worship? Bieber has been spending a great deal of time with people in the Christian community, which is evident by a picture he posted of his friend, Pastor Chad Veach, who leads the Zoe Church in Los Angeles, California. And more than once, he's he's been frequenting, uh, the, I believe it's the Hillsong equivalent church in New York City and also in L.A. as well. And I don't think he's doing it for publicity, because if you're hanging out in a church in our culture today, that doesn't sit well with the entertainment industry at all. He has 91 million followers on Twitter. Now, here's a thought. You're going to have fun with this. Here's a crazy thought. Think about this, because this is not hyperbole. You need to understand the implications of a guy who has 91 million people following him on Twitter. I think he's in the top five in the world for followers on Twitter. Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, they're all up there. I think I think Donald Trump has got 31 million. So he's got three times as many followers as Donald Trump does. And most people in the States are following Donald Trump because they don't like him, okay? But here's a crazy thought. Think of this now. And remember, I've been following this guy for about a year or two now and and very impressed with some of the things that he said. I've said publicly a number of times, for a kid who is, for a 23-year-old who's made like a half a billion dollars already, I mean, any normal kid, that would destroy you. I think for a kid that's made that kind of money, for him to be conducting himself the way he is, I give kudos to the guy. I think he's wonderful, okay? Now, here's the crazy thought. Justin Bieber, hold on to your chairs. If you're driving, you need to grip the steering wheel right now. I don't want you to lose control of the car. If you're lying in the bed, make sure you're away from the edge. You're not going to fall out of bed. If you're in the kitchen, brace yourself on the countertop, okay? Grab something that's not, if you're in a chair, make sure you can't fall out, okay? This is true. It could be true. It's something you need to think about. Justin Bieber just might be spreading the gospel, just might be telling more people about how great it is to serve Jesus Christ 
every week, he may be doing it to more people than any person that's alive on the planet right now. I mean, throw in your big TV evangelists, okay? Your Benny Hinge, your John Hagees, your, your uh, who's the biggest out there now? Your uh, Rick Warrens. Justin Bieber just might be the most popular voice for Jesus Christ in the world right now. Put that in your attache case to take it to work. Isn't that crazy? I, mean, I think it's great, but wow, we didn't see that coming, did we? When all you people were dissing him when he was, you know, making it big and everybody's rolling their eyes and thinking, oh, brother, get this guy out of here. I tell you, I love what's coming out of the guy's mouth. Again, his music, I could care less. But what he says about his music and what he says to people and his priorities, man, I'm very impressed. In a previous interview with Complex Magazine, Bieber said he's at a point in his life where he's striving to become more like Jesus Christ. I just want to honestly live like Jesus, not be Jesus. I don't want that to come across weird. He created a pretty awesome template of how to love people and how to be gracious and kind. Man, alive, I know pastors that don't say it that well. How can you not love that? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, how could not you cannot applaud a, a guy like that with his wealth and his influence? How can you not stand back and be impressed? Man, alive. There's something I think that somebody who knows what the, the meaning is to follow Christ. I wouldn't say for a second that he's perfect. But for a guy with all that against him, because let's face it, if, even if you follow the words of Christ, you know, it's harder for a rich man to get into heaven than it is for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. He says you can't serve God and love money. You're going to love one or hate the other. For a guy that's got that against him as far as wealth and fame and everything that he could ever want, I, I'm pretty impressed. I really am. Reminds me of a tune. Yeah, we got another tune coming up here. You ready? Yeah, I try to decipher, listen to the lyrics. I think another underrated band, okay, is is uh, is Supertramp. Supertramp in Canada. Oh my goodness, there was a time when they were the most popular band in the in the late seventies. I remember they broke the record for the most people seeing one band. In fact, the record may still stand in Canada. I mean, uh, there have been festivals where there's been a number of bands and there's been more numbers. But for one band playing, those guys sold out the CNE Grandstand in the late 70s, three nights in a row. The total number of people that saw Supertramp was 153,000 people. They were huge at one time. And I always liked this tune. And reading about reading about uh, Justin Bieber and finished and the finish line and 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 what it means to really follow Christ, you know, this certainly is not a gospel tune, but it, you know, it got me thinking when I heard the lyrics. Here, you listen, tell me what you think, and call in when it's done. Thank you. 
I've always had a soft spot for Supertramp. They're not in my top, oh, I wouldn't even say they're in my top 20 bands. But I, I, I don't mind them. They're good, you know. They're certainly a safe band, you know. Some of the bands I like, you know, some of the lyrics come out of their mouths. That, you know, that's embarrassing, you know. 
And I've taken a lot of heat over the years. John, how can you listen to that music? Well, I don't think that much about the lyrics. I've, I mean, I learned to play drums playing rock and roll. And to me, it's geometry on a page. And, uh, oh, man. I've been doing talk radio for 32 years. And, boy, you would have loved to have been on some of the debates of people that, you know, have taken me to task. Because I'm a, I'm a follower of Christ who happens to like Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Oh, we've had some fun discussions. But Super Tramp, you can have you have no problem. I mean, Super Tramp there is innocuous and as you know, as safe as uh, just about any band out there. I'm certainly I'm I'm sure that they would have the focus on the family seal of approval. And, and I'm not making that up. Focus on the family literally has a, a list of bands that, you know, that they approve of. And one of them, one of them, ironically enough, and I've talked about this on the air years ago, is the Bare Naked Ladies. Bare Naked Ladies actually received the Focus on the Family seal of approval because they kind of, because I guess they, they see their music as positive and as, uh, you know, uh, 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 up, uh, upholding certain moral values that they espouse. espouse. So uh, God bless Focus on the Family. God bless the Bare Naked Ladies. What's left of them? You know, Stephen Page, Solo now. And I always kind of get kind of sad when, you know, uh, the lead singer of a band or a lead guitarist says, yeah, oh, I want to go solo now, you know. Like when Axl Rose left Guns N' Roses. Like, Come on, can't you guys get it together? Oh, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get some calls on that. Well, that wouldn't be bad. It's Ask the Pastor. It's uh, the Late Night Council. Good to have you back. Uh, 343-700-4390 in the Capital Region. Whatever's on your mind, that's 343-700-4390. 1-844-562 is the long distance line. That's 1-844-562-4766. So, like, if you're living, if you're living in, I don't know, uh, Militia Point, Nova Scotia, uh, Bridevale, Oregon, Bigfoot, Texas, uh, Skunk's Corner, New York. Yeah, that sounds like it's from Kentucky, is it? No, it's New York. Skunk's Corner, New York. one uh, 562 is your number. Uh, JC at LateNightCouncil.com is the email address. Keep it under six lines. That's JC at LateNightCouncil.com. And you can tweet at me at JWCouncil. Now, I came across an article that was put out by, I think, Charisma News or, or some... Uh, um, some under-the-radar news service that you know uh, uh, that you can get really good uh, uh, articles from, but it doesn't get promoted by the mega-million-dollar uh, 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 fake news empire. And it it, it kind of bothered me because I I've, I really like uh, a former Ottawa senator, Mike Fisher, who's now the captain of the Nashville Predators. Of course, they went to the Stanley Cup final last year against the last season against the. Uh, uh, Penguins and his wife Carrie Underwood. I've always thought, you know, yeah, good wholesome image, okay. And uh, Larry Tomsack, who uh, is a pastor and a writer in the Nashville area, okay. Well, let me give you a little bit of background before he starts talking about Carrie Underwood and Mike Fisher here, which is, I think, you know, and and that couple is dear to our hearts here in the Capital Region here, okay, especially amongst the Christian community. Living in the Nashville area, I've had the occasion to have some divine appointments with some celebrities. I've interacted with Nicole Kidman and gave her my personal testimony tract and then later gave Keith Urban and her a book I wrote on Christian parenting. Ricky Skaggs, a committed Christian, regularly engages with us in our leadership gatherings, okay? And he quotes Carrie Underwood in this article. And again, the whole article is, is... I. Put the tweet out there, the link to it on the Twitter and uh, and the Late Night Council Facebook page. Okay, so you can read this for yourself. He quotes Carrie Underwood, Our church is gay-friendly. Above all, God wanted us to love others. It's not about setting rules or everyone has to be like me. No, we're all different. 
That is what makes us special. We have to love each other and get along with each other. It's not up to me to judge anybody. At the time of the interview, Carrie and her husband were attending a non-denominational Christian church in our area, that's Nashville, that changed to welcome and openly support LGBTQ adherents. Even though she was raised Baptist, she credits the church with influencing her to now publicly support gay marriage. This prominent megachurch decided a few years ago to jettison historic biblical positions on marriage, homosexuality, and lesbianism. It fully supports the LGBTQ lifestyle and welcomes their full participation in every aspect of the church, including leadership. Now, secular media and pop culture today would applaud that and say, oh, it's wonderful. Okay, well, listen to the result here. Okay, recently, recently, the church Carrie Underwood referred to has undergone tumultuous change, resulting in its attendance dropping from 2,200 members to currently around 240. So in other words, 90%, almost 90% of the congregation has left. Now, media would never report that. They would just applaud, oh, finally, they're getting it right. Well, people have left the church in droves. And Larry Tomsack says, I do not know if Carrie and her husband still attend. Before their relocation, I attended one of their Sunday morning services, and most recently, I visited again. They are now meeting directly across the street from Celebration Church, the local church where we are based. I've heard of Celebration Church. It's another huge mega church that continues to grow in the Nashville area. Okay? And maybe you don't know this, but the report of what's happened to this church since they've embraced you know, uh, uh, non-biblical expressions of marriage and love, okay? In fact, that the Bible clearly says they're sin, okay? What you may not hear is that that story has been repeated thousands of times over and again across North America and in, 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 in Europe as well. It's so common. Churches choose to embrace a non-biblical representation of what Christianity is, and they tank. Most of them are closed now. But those stats never get reported. And there are very rare exceptions where a church embraces, you know, a, a same-sex marriage and, you know, uh, they, they experience growth. But for every one that experiences growth, there's about 30, I, 30 to 40 that decline to the point where they soon have to close up shop. Okay? When they abandon scripture on biblical marriage and morality decline, that's what happens. Tom Sack goes on. And I found this I found this so disheartening, you know, given you know the affection that this community here in the capital region has for Mike Fisher and Carrie Underwood. The dwindling megachurch, which its pastor calls radically inclusive, has been forced to list their facility for sale and include twenty two acres and a twelve thousand foot church building and more than a twenty two hundred square foot office building. According to the listing, the property in Franklin, Tennessee is listed at more than five point seven million dollars. They get two hundred and forty people coming now. That's how bad an impact it's had on the whole thing. Guy's name, the pastor, as the pastor has led his flock, his name's last name is Mitchell, including the extremely gifted Carrie Underwood, into the pastor of tolerance and diversity. Tragically, his unfaithfulness to Scripture unmasks him, unmasks him as one whom Jesus called a wolf in sheep's clothing. If we don't know and love the truth, we'll be subject to the strong delusion that's mentioned in 2 Thessalonians 2, 10 to 12. Okay? Tom Sachs preaching a little bit in his article here. He continues. Carrie, 
And he talks to Carrie Underwood here. Carrie, Jesus Take the Wheel was the name of your first blockbuster hit that launched your career. Millions of dedicated Christian fans appeal to you to do just that regarding God's beautiful plan for men and women in holy, not homosexual, marriage. Because that's the way the Bible teaches it. Think I'm being too hard? I don't think so. I don't. I think it's really, 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 really sad when a church thinks, you know, to be relevant or to keep members, and it it never works. It hardly ever works. And when it does work, all the media loves it because it promotes their values. But the overwhelming amount of times that it happens when the church just empties to the point where people don't even want to go anymore, that never gets reported. So kudos to Larry Tomsack for bringing that uh, uh, issue to the fore. God bless him for it. You don't have to jump down no pews, jump over no pews. There's no chills that run down your spine. But you embrace when you embrace Christ and you embrace his word and you realize his word is, is, is B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth, there are two types of people in the world. There are people who say to God, have your will. And then the rest of the bunch, God says to them, okay, have it your way. And that's where other scriptures kick in, like the way of the transgressor is hard. They do not know what makes them stumble. It talks about spiritual blindness. That's why Proverbs 3, 5, uh, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, you look at, don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge God, and he will direct your path. Proverbs goes on to say there's a way that seems right to people, but it leads to death and destruction. It says that at least three or four times in the book of Proverbs. Oh, it seems so right. It means so much sense. Yeah, it means so much sense to people who have dulled their conscience to what their creator intended for them. Life with full, life to the best that it can be lived. But no, they got to have their way. You would think, you know, common sense would say, you know, the creator should know you because, like, you know, knows you better than you know yourself. Again, Romans 1, 18 to 32 talks all about this. And I mentioned it just about every late night council, every ask the pastor. Jesus did not turn people into freaks. He turns freaks into people. And I know there's a lot of people who call themselves followers of Christ. You look at them, you roll your eyes, and you're thinking, oh, dear God, do I have to do, I have to do that? No, I don't think so. In fact, it, there was a tune that came out, oh, 30 years ago by the late, great Andre Crouch. I'm going to play it for you right now. Kind of describes it as good as I can right here in the broadcast. Are you ready? Here it comes. You see, Jesus is very easy. This is the song I'm putting together that says, You don't have to jump no pews. Run down no aisles. No chills run down your spine. But you know that you've been born again. Don't you know my hands didn't shake? The earth didn't quake. No sparks fell from the sky, but I knew that I've been born again. I said, you don't have to jump no tears, run down no eyes, no chills run down your spine, but you know that you've been No feelings, but faith in God's word and receiving. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. 
Is there no biography out there that you can buy about Andre Crouch? I saw Andre Crouch three times in the 70s. I was a big fan back then. And uh, I'm looking, I I just typed in while, you know, I was listening to the tune there. Because he's an incredible performer. And uh, I, I typed in Andre Crouch biography. There's no biography written about him. He died... He died just uh, uh, two and a half years ago. He was 72 years old. I'm going to read you what Wikipedia says about him, because I know a lot of listeners are familiar with who Andre Crouch is. And if if you're not, this will help. Andre Crouch was an American gospel singer, songwriter, arranger, record producer, and pastor, referred to as the father of modern gospel music by contemporary Christian and gospel music professionals. That's not empty hyperbole either. That's how much influence he had on gospel music in the 60s and 70s. Crouch was known for his compositions, The Blood Will Never Lose Its Power, My Tribute to God Be the Glory, and Soon and Very Soon. In secular music, he was known for his collaborative work during the 80s and the 90s with Stevie Wonder, Elton John, and Quincy Jones, as well as conducting choirs that sang on the Michael Jackson hit Man in the Mirror and Madonna's Like a Prayer. Crouch was noted for his talent of incorporating contemporary secular music styles into the gospel music he grew up with. His efforts in this area helped pave the way for early American contemporary Christian music during the 60s and the 70s. 
Crouch's original musical arrangements were heard in the films The Color Purple, the Disney's Lion King, and as well as NBC television series Amen. Awards and honors received by him include seven Grammy Awards, induction to the Gospel Music Hall of Fame in 1998, and a star on Hollywood's Walk of Fame. The guy did really, really well. I think he finished well, too. You want to hear some of the best music? Google Andre Crouch if you've never heard of him. And, and it's, I, I don't mind introducing people to him because his, his music is so widespreadly loved and adored by people of, that love any type of music, gospel, country, rock, whatever, rhythm and blues. And some of his lyrics are pretty powerful, too. Not bad. Not bad at all. I got more good news for you. Now, this, this came out about two or three weeks ago, but I have to bring it up. Because Hyun Soo Lin is free. Hyun Soo Lin is free. Who's Hyun Soo Lin? Well, he's that Canadian pastor who pastors a huge church in Toronto, a Korean church in Toronto, who was in prison in North Korea for two years. And I remember getting his picture and flashing it up on, you know, our our screens in our churches uh, where I was for us to pray for this guy. And it hit the news about two or three weeks ago that he was released. And there's been some commentary, and we're getting a little bit more information of what actually happened with him. And this guy, I'll tell you, you know, if you're a follower of Christ, this guy needs to be a contemporary hero of yours. We think we face persecution. That's nothing like what this guy, you know, went through. The Reverend Hyun Soo Lim, the Christian pastor who was freed and returned home to Canada earlier this month, said he derived strength from a copy of the Bible that was given to him during his isolation at the North Korean labor camp where he was held. Being alone and isolated was one of the hardest things about the punishment, the 62-year-old pastor said Saturday at the Light Korean Presbyterian Church in Mississauga, Ontario, according to according to CTV News. Actually gave this guy a platform. That's a miracle that a story like this even got on CTV News. As Reuters earlier reported, Lim was held for more than two years in North Korea after being sentenced to hard labor for life. In December of 2015, accused of attempting to overthrow Kim Jong-un's regime. Lim is the pastor of the 3,000-member Light Korean Presbyterian Church. According to Open Doors, anywhere from 50 to 70,000 Christians are suffering in labor camps in North Korea, simply because they're, they're Christians. And the government interprets Christianity as being subversive and a threat to the authority because them dang Christians, boy, you, they don't bow their knee to anybody. And these crazy nut bar dictators, they, they uh, demand absolute 100% devotion. And if anybody doesn't espouse all the, you know, all the devotion they can, well, they consider that person a threat. That's why Christianity is banned in North Korea. And if you, you just simply disobey the edict there, everybody knows it's one of the most oppressive. It's like the whole country is one big labor camp. And there's a number of documentaries out there now that have, you know, exposed it for what it, uh, what it is. And we've been praying for him. And, and I would, I mean, it's, it, I think I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled he's back with his congregation, and he's probably going to be even stronger and more powerful because one thing suffering does for you, boy, it strengthens If you're following Christ, it strengthens you. Now, I want to play another tune for you, okay? Another good one, because they're all good tonight, aren't they? Okay. But uh, one more. And when we come back, guess what I'm going to talk about? If you don't call in, if you call in, your call's going to take precedence. That's the way it works, okay? 343-700-4390 in the Capital Region. That's 343-700-4390. 
one 844 If you're calling from one of those faraway exotic places, one 844 Do you know what I want to talk about when I get back? Something I haven't talked about yet at all since we've been online at Ask the Pastor. But uh, I'll tell you, it's overdue tonight. It is overdue. I want to talk about a biblical perspective. Are you ready for this? I want to talk about a biblical perspective on Game of Thrones. Are you a fan? I hope you're not. I really hope you're not a fan of Game of Thrones. But I'm going to give you a bit of fodder here in case you want to have a bit of an opinion and a little more intelligence on what Game of Thrones is all about. There's been an article that's been written by a pretty good pastor south of the border on a biblical perspective. And again, I, I tweeted out the article. You can read it on your own. A biblical perspective on Game of Thrones. You think you're going to enjoy that? Well, you know, you think about that while you're listening to this, and I'll be right back, okay? Darkness can't hide much longer The spirit
That's Larry Norman. So, how do you like that lyric? I opened the mouth of love and I found the wisdom tooth. <laughs> I don't know what to think of that. It's it's either really insightful or I'm rolling my eyes and going, oh, come on. <laughs> okay, whatever. Game of Thrones. Are you a Game of Thrones fan? I hope not. I was on vacation. I was exposed to about... And I know it's been going on for years, okay? And I haven't watched it because I've heard the reputation that it has. And uh, I was exposed to about five or ten minutes. Now, thankfully, there wasn't a lot of gore and there wasn't a lot of nudity and, and, and sex, okay? It was just it was actually pretty boring. I'm watching this. I'm going, what's the hype about here? Don't you people have a life? Well, anyway, apparently, and I'm not in these debates, and I'm glad I'm not, okay? Because I do have a life, and it's quite enriched, and I love my life, okay? But apparently, there's a lot of followers of Christ who think, oh, it's no problem watching this. And the way they defend it when you talk about biblical values and how we're supposed to conduct our lives is kind of a farce. And and, uh, uh, a guy by the name of Kevin DeYoung who pastors a rather large church in the States, has written an article on this, and again, I, I've put out the link to the article. i got to quote some of this article to you, because the, the title is, Pastor Offers 10 Rebuttals to Christians Who Defend Watching Sex-Heavy Game of Thrones. Does anyone actually think the Apostle Paul, Paul or any apostle, or Jesus for that matter, would have been cool with the sensuality prevalent in Game of Thrones and so much of our entertainment? We're not talking about marble statues or a Holocaust documentary or a physician examining a patient here. We're talking about two naked people doing in front of us what naked people do together. He wrote in a post on the Gospel Coalition on Tuesday. So I'm liking this guy's language already. He's got my attention here, okay? So I'm going to give you a little more here. And, and the, 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 the title of the blog was, I don't understand Christians watching Game of Thrones. To those who said he hasn't watched enough of the show, you know, and that's usually the criticism. DeYoung argued that while that is true, no one has tried to refute that Game of Thrones, you know, even, even though, and I've, I've watched about 10 minutes of it, so why should I criticize? Well, listen to what DeYoung writes. No one has tried to refute that Game of Thrones is full of graphic sex scenes. As for people telling him not to watch it if he doesn't like it, the pastor noted that this is not a matter of taste or preference. And here's a great illustration here. What would you say if your son tried that line in defense of his pornography? If you don't like it, don't watch it. Really? Responding to the popular retort that the Bible is also full of sex and violence, he wrote, No one is arguing that reading about sin, or even in every case watching sin, is necessarily sinful. But there is a world of difference between terse description of sin, like David laying with Bathsheba, and metaphor-laden poems about romantic love, like in the Song of Solomon, or a chapter about the ugliness of spiritual adultery in Ezekiel 16. There's a big difference between that and watching two naked people pretend to have sex. He added, there's a reason the Bible speaks of the lust of the eyes. Hollywood skin and Hollywood sex are meant to arouse. That's the aim. That's part of the attraction. By contrast, the Bible never aims towards unholy arousal. Exactly the opposite. Sex scenes and nudity don't faze me, is another excuse. Was another common argument he heard. His response, I question whether the folks who say this know themselves as well as they think they do. And if looking upon what God has forbidden has no effect on us, that's not a good sign if you're a follower of Christ. I would agree. I continue. Pretty good stuff, eh? Well, you can call in and interrupt me if you want. 
343-700-4390 in the capital region. Here we go. Sex scenes and nudity don't phase me. I did that part. For those who said their conscience isn't bothered, DeYoung pointed out, the conscience can miss fire. We may not have conviction for sin where we should. Sex scenes should bother us. And he quotes Hebrews 10.22. That's a relevant verse on that if you want to look it up. Responding to those who said, stop judging and shaming. Oh, don't you love that line? Stop, you're judging. The pastor stated, judgmentalism is a spirit of censorious nitpicking. Making moral evaluations is what Christians do all the time. That's like arguing that a television show is not appropriate or that a blog post is judgmental. What about the good elements, such as the story and artistry of Game of Thrones, which outweigh the bad scenes? But everyone agrees, I hope, that some elements are so bad that the good stuff is not worth it. That's like picking up a Playboy magazine for the articles. Good analogy. At least I think so. Some also argue that they're watching the show in order to engage with co-workers about the gospel. <laughs> yeah, sure. DeYoung said, however, that he is willing to bet that the number of unbelievers coming to Christ through Game of Thrones discussions chatter is quite low. I would agree. In 2014, John Piper, founder of DesiringGod.org, listed 12 questions for Christians to ask themselves before watching the HBO fantasy drama. Sexual relations is a beautiful thing. God created it and pronounced it good in 1 Timothy 4.3. But it's not a spectator sport. It is a holy joy that is sacred and a secure place in tender love, Piper wrote at the time. Men and women who want to be watched in their nudity are in, the cat, are in the category with exhibitionists who pull down their pants at the top of escalators. Good analogy, John. So, are you or anyone you know a Game of Thrones fan? Now, right now, I'm not talking to everybody that's listening right now. I know there's a number, there's a big crowd of people listening, but I'm not talking to everybody right now. I'm just talking to people who call themselves serious followers of Christ, okay? That's who I'm interested in influencing, and that's what I'm trying to create out of people who are just interested in Jesus or interested in Christianity. I want to see them become followers of Christ, because as far as I'm concerned, that's the only way to do it. You're either in with both feet and whole heart, or you're just fooling around and you're getting ripped off. You really are. You probably have religion instead of what it means to be a follower of Christ, okay? So I'm talking to followers of Christ now. Questioning, I'm questioning... The uh, authenticity of your devotion to Christ, if you're a big fan, uh, Game of Thrones fan. I am. Did you hear what I say? I'll repeat it again. If you're a followers of Christ, follower of Christ, I am questioning the authenticity of your relationship with Christ, if you're a big Game of Thrones fan. Uh, fan. And don't give me this, well, don't judge BS, okay? Because you're ignoring Christ's command to make right judgments. That's the, that's the verse on judgments and judging that everybody conveniently ignores because they want to defend their tolerant, mamby-pamby, wimpy devotion to Jesus Christ. It's very politically correct to be, oh, you don't want to judge, you don't want to judge. That because, you know, people, when you're, not, when you're not making right judgments like Jesus commanded us to do, you're being so open-minded, your brains have fallen out. Look it up. It's in John 7, 24. I'm not quoting it out of t- t- uh, context. He said, make right judgments. And don't just judge by appearance. It's not judging. When you make a call on something that is immoral and immoral and you declare your position, that's not judging at all. It's exercising open-hearted, compassionate wisdom and discernment. Hopefully you're not doing it in a pharisaical, you know, uh, haughty-totty way. 
hopefully you're doing it in a way that you know that uh, uh, that people realize you care for them. Look at first. Yeah, yeah. People, people, you don't know. People don't know what the Bible says. They don't know what Christ says. Everybody likes to make Jesus in their little, you know, nice little image that conforms with all their biases and bigotry. Go to the Bible to find out what he's really all about. Go to the Bible to find out what his priorities really are. It'll scare you. It'll shock you. In fact, it is so strict, the code of morality that he wants you to follow, that nobody can pull it off, with, pull it off without him helping you. But that's the good news of the gospel. He tells us how to live, and before you get scared spitless that no way I can live that, he says, hey, just a second, though. You let me come in, and I'm going to change you from the inside. You're going to be so transformed that you're going to be able to do this. That's why the scriptures say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's why 2 Corinthians 12, 9 has become my life verse the last three years. It says, I will boast about my weaknesses because if I don't, the cross will be emptied of its power. It's when we realize how sinful we are, when we realize that we cannot do this without his help, that that's when his power comes in and starts doing its work. Look what he says, look what the word says in, in 1 Corinthians uh, 6, 2 about judging. And you thought the only scripture, oh, you shouldn't judge. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if you are to judge the world, are you not competent to judge trivial cases? Do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more the things of this life? We are commanded to judge. Okay, so what did Jesus mean when he said, do not judge? Because that verse is in there. That's the Bible as well. you got to go to the original Greek to what it means. When it says, do not judge, the Greek word there, the Greek word is using, it means that you can't write somebody off. You are not the one that determines whether somebody goes to heaven or hell. Okay? The Greek word is krino. That means to condemn, to sentence, to damn. We don't call the shot on who goes to heaven and who goes to hell, who's saved and who's unsaved. But as far as making you know, wise decisions and judging between what is right or wrong, that's, that's not only are we supposed to do that, he commands us to do that. So please, enough of this dying I want to judge. Anybody usually says that, it's because they've got no guts to take a stand for what they know is right. Or they know what's right and they've chosen to go to the passive, lazy way. And that's probably why the culture is in the mess that it's in morally right now, because it's the old line, you know, all evil needs to succeed is for good people to do nothing or for good people to take no stand whatsoever. And they usually enter into that stand by first saying, well, I don't want to judge. Well, you better judge or you're being disobedient to to the person you call your savior if you're a follower of Christ. Hope you got that tonight. Good way to close the show. No calls tonight, but that's okay. I'm looking at the numbers, and, you know, we got a ton of people listening, and God bless you. We'll be back next week to do it again. And you can go to Late Night Council. Now, I have not uploaded. We have not uploaded the last three of Nick's shows because Nick at night, you know, I've been away for three weeks. We're going to be uploading those shows in the next 24 hours. They'll be available to you. And, of course, all these programs as well. You can download them, put them on your iPhone, and... Listen to them at your leisure. Did you have fun listening tonight? Well, I certainly had fun uh, talking to you. Good having you on. Good having you with me. Back, same time, same channel. Of course, if you want to follow us on Late Night Council, uh, the Late Night Council Facebook page. Late Night Council. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's JW Council, putting out stuff and links to stuff that you need to be aware of all the time. And some, most of the time, I'm just having fun and engaging with people. And, you know, 
I mean, that's what it means to follow the Lord. The joy is the Lord by strength. You can look that up. It's it's it's. Uh, hey, you want a good Bible program to, to look up scriptures where you don't know where that? Where did I hear that? Go to BibleGateway.com. Oh man, it's good. BibleGateway.com. That's my little gem to end the program with. Have a great week. Good night. <laughs>